legends like Kobe Bryant, LeBron James, Anthony Irwin. Like this guy here. His name is Fagan. Harrison Fagan. Welcome back to the Lakers Lounge. I'm Anthony Irwin. As always, I am joined by Harrison Fagan. We are coming off of a... We are recording... This is first time in a little while, right? That you and I are recording after a Laker game? I feel like we did this like two weeks ago. But, you you know, time has lost all sense of meaning for me this season. Yeah. And around this time of year, especially, it's, you know, I, I don't know what a week is, what, you know, when you were and I record. Time is a talk. fat tire. Yeah, yeah. Something like that. <laughs> <laughs> uh the Lakers lose to the Clippers 111-110. I don't know. I I'm trying to there are going to be positives that we mentioned from this game, you know, fighting back and all that stuff, you know. It's, it's clearly like there there are good things that that you can talk about here, but like I don't know, man. It's really difficult for me to like talk about oh, well, at least they made it competitive. Fuck you, man. This is this is supposed to be a, a championship team. We're doing moral victories? Like, this is what we're doing? They don't have Kawhi and Paul George. Like, th this is where we're at? I hate that this is the energy you're starting the show with because I, know, I am sorry. uncharacteristically, I think, really annoyed with this team right now. Yeah. And so now I have to push And then back you're going to be you. the multiplier and then... <laughs> Yeah, that's what I mean. I can't like I can't I can't fuel you going down a dark road. Like yeah. you you need to be the positive one. It's your turn. All right. <laughs> all right. Uh all right. We we'll we'll get to we'll get okay. to the whole like anti-moral victory stance. Okay. Um we'll do that in a bit. Let's let's actually start positive here. And the positive here is that Anthony Davis looks like bubble Anthony Davis. So in the four games that he has played uh, since coming back from injury, obviously that first one, we're just going to throw it out, right? I'm not counting the first I, one I, against honestly, Brooklyn. Honestly, he was good in the first one. He just wasn't like super statistically productive because he yeah. didn't play a ton of minutes. Right. In the games since then, so uh, they have played Philly, Atlanta, Portland, and uh, the Clippers. Against Philly, 31-12 and 12 to go with four blocks, two steals. He outplayed by a lot Joel Embiid. The game after that against Atlanta, uh, all but like the last five minutes or so of the fourth quarter, I thought AD looked great. 27 points, uh, only the five rebounds, which isn't ideal. Four assists, though, a block, two steals. Uh, the game Wait, after AD? that. AD had 17 rebounds. What? No, no, no. No, I'm, I'm going in reverse order. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. I'm going, I'm talking about like since he's returned okay. and had like full games under his belt. Okay, I apologize. I, I, you know, honestly, I was looking at the mellow post game updates, so I lost my train of thought. I <laughs> All right. I so, so, uh, yeah. So against Atlanta, twenty seven five isn't great, but four uh, assists, a block, two steals, um, on fifty. Also, it's hard to get rebounds when your team's shooting like seventy one percent from the field. Also true. You know, like also like true. Uh, those teams and the other shooting, team is shooting like that. <laughs> yeah, the, they were yeah. both shooting unbelievably in that game. So like the rebounds thing, I can't like there weren't that many rebounds in that game. Yeah, because neither team was playing defense. So. All of his uh, all of his field goal percentages have been above fifty percent. Other than other than again that first game back against Brooklyn, uh, against Portland, thirty points, fifteen boards two assists, three blocks. 
um, and and just I thought ravaged Nurkic. Like I thought I thought Nurkic had no nothing, no answer whatsoever at any point. Those two guys were on the court together, and then tonight, thirty points, seventeen rebounds, couple assists, couple blocks, couple steals, got Ibaka into foul trouble. Is the only reason that the Lakers were in this game at all. Um, and so, like, if you're looking for silver linings, then this is a giant one. Like, this is a silver platter. It's not so much silver lining. This is a silver platter. And, you know, I'm, I'm really sick of, like, if only, if only, if only talk. But if, as Shams Karania reported earlier today, uh, LeBron is hoping and his team is hoping to get him back on the court on Saturday, if LeBron can return and play alongside this version of Anthony Davis, then that is the combination that gives you some hope at saving this season. Yeah, I, I mean, you know, it, again, uh, I hate to do the moral victory thing right after. No, such, like, no, brutal... no, 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 no yeah. moral victories. We could talk okay. about AD being great. Okay, all but right. But it's not right. a moral victory. But yes, <laughs> your, your point stands that if you are looking for reasons to still believe that good things are possible for this team, like real good things, not a, yeah. they just squeaked by in the play-in and da, 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 you know, like, like actual made some noise, maybe, maybe win a series. one around or two, like actual winning real stuff. Then there's a giant seven foot reason to believe in that right now. And if LeBron James can come back and look anything like what he was for most of the season, where he looked like an ageless, juggernaut of unstoppable scoring then you know those are the two reasons to believe in that like anthony david this is i don't think that i'm overstating this and maybe i'm misremembering some stretch from last year so you can tell me if i'm like forgetting something but like ad had a couple good games last year you know stuff like that no, he never he had, looked like he had some okay playoff games he never looked like this this is yeah. as good as anthony davis has looked since that title run honestly since before he had that injury in the finals you know, when he was on an absolute tear for most of the playoffs and was on track to win, I still maintain finals MVP through two or three games before he had that ankle injury he ended up playing through, but that clearly limited him a little bit more than he had been, you know, previously in the postseason. And he was still good enough for them to win. But this is the unbelievable, fluid Anthony Davis that's just like a strong Lighter. monster, like a monster on the glass, monster blocking shots out of nowhere, getting all kinds of rebounds, like, you know, dunking everything in sight. MVP just, candidate, dude. If yeah. he played like this for an entire season, he'd be a freaking MVP candidate. Oh, this is this easily. is the guy that this is the guy that like this you, is the you guy know, that everyone kept kept talking themselves into preseason MVP. You, buzz you, for. you and I, you and I, just last week had the definitive Anthony Davis uh, conversation. Which, by the way, my my lawyers will be reaching out to your lawyer lawyers, and we'll figure and this and out. And likewise, yeah. <laughs> It's just Ben sending emails to himself. Yeah, but we're, but we're like, like the bus family. We're suing each other, baby. <laughs> I just watched the last duel. I didn't realize there was suing back then. Like that, like suing and duels coincided for a second. How about that? Could you imagine if people were like, if, if suels were able to like duel during lawsuits now? Like that was just like a legal Look, way to settle it. My most extreme Do you think political trial take... by combat is still legal in the United States. Like, can you nominate a champion to like fight for you instead of going to court? Nah, no, no, no. But but like I. I 
My my most extreme take is that I think our our Congress would be a lot more productive if we brought duels back. Oh my I, god! I cannot <laughs> believe you just said that on air. <laughs> of course, I'm kidding. Yeah, um, for legal reasons, I'm required to inform you yeah. that Anthony is definitely kidding. Yeah, this I'm is absolutely a, the whole show's parody. One hundred percent kidding. Yes. Um. So, <laughs> just challenge a judge to trial by combat over a parking ticket. <laughs> Remember like Bynum, like one, like the last straw with his like new cycle in LA was that he parked his like crazy, like, uh, I think I forget what yeah, car it was like it was. a Ferrari or something. Yeah. Was he really parked nice it car, in yeah. like a handicap spot. And that was like everybody's he last double straw parked with it in two handicap spots. If I'm remembering the, the photos correctly. Right. Yeah. <laughs> it was like, everybody was just like, maybe he'll turn it around. Maybe. Oh, come on. You dismal. Like you. <laughs> idiot <laughs> but so um yeah no getting back to ad though like <laughs> who doesn't park in handicapped spots let alone two Arguably of them the most impressive thing about this recent tear he's been on is there has been no not a single handicap no anthony davis has not double parked in a handicapped spot during this whole stretch yes i'm gonna so, have to get cooper to get answers for us on that post game <laughs> Anthony Davis, come on the Anthony Irwin show just so I could ask about your parking habits. That's it. Nothing else. Yeah. <laughs> and your most no, embarrassing I... sports moment. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, but I, I think like with, with AD though, like, look, the, the floor spacing still isn't there, right? He's come back and I think he has made one out of seven three-pointers since he's come back. And look, the fact that he's only shot seven tells me he's making a concerted effort. Like, you know what? That aspect of my game just wasn't there this year. I'm going to adjust. I think uh, the other the other part of it, like you mentioned the fluidity and, and he looks lighter and more explosive. He's had more dunks over the last five games where his armpits are at the rim than he had all of last year and all of before the injury this year. He just looks so much more capable of getting up into the air and really just out jumping everybody around him, no matter how big that person, how explosive that person might be. And, you know, that combination of Malik Monk and, and him in that, in that uh, pick and roll is a legitimate one. Like it's, it's one where they go to that set. I'm like, oh yeah, that's, that's somebody's getting a good look here. Either Malik, like in the worst case scenario here he's going to try to force a pass to ad that isn't a lob and ad's still going to get an attempt probably at the rim that he kind of bobbles and then and then eventually gets it up on the rim but at worst that's like the worst case scenario there it is very rare that you get something worse than that coming out of that set and like for a team that has searched all year for an identity the fact that you might be able to go to that combination when lebron is off the floor and that is something that they though that pairing can hang their hat on again like you're just looking for reasons to believe in this team we know lebron is going to hopefully if he's healthy is going to look like lebron 80 looking like this and then potentially unlocking monk's game even further is is another thing that you can say all right that's two aspects that make the lakers offense dynamic no matter who is out there 
Yeah, I mean, honestly, Monk has been getting, I don't know if you've noticed this, Monk is Monk is feeling himself a little bit on some of these lob. Like, some of these lob passes are, yeah. let's say, they're like the heat check versions of lob. It's like, it's like... <laughs> It's like when guys would get spoiled by like AD and JaVale in the first quarter and then they'd like try to throw one to Dwight and it's like it's Ooh. you know Dwight still had leaping ability then but like it was Randley like Caruso it was like 10 would be feet above the rim you know and Dwight is like yeah you know I'm not I, Orlando I might have caught <laughs> I yeah. might have caught that in the dunk contest but not here yeah, yeah. No, I, 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 like Malik has Danny Green syndrome sometimes on these lobs where it's no, just like the most off target thing that makes the ensuing highlight look amazing. Yeah. But it's like, hey, man, could you kind of like not put it? It's like when a, it's like when a quarterback is throwing like hospital balls. Like that's what Malik's, you know, lobs are occasionally. <laughs> no, and remember. You need to tone it back just a tad, I guess. Remember, is my remember, uh, I think it was a Kia commercial and, some kid showed up and was playing basketball there and said like i got next and didn't have a teammate for two on two or something like that and blake griffin walks out onto the court and the kid just starts throwing lobs and it just got more and more obnoxious and ostentatious over the course of the the commercial that's malik monk playing alongside anthony davis he's yeah. just like they, they start the game you throw a nice fundamental you know, almost like a shot that, that, you know, you guide over there. And then by the end of the game, he's just like slapping his hand and he's throwing it over his back. And he's like, are you kidding me? I didn't play this much at Kentucky. Like I didn't have this much freedom in college, you know, like I'm, you know, and now I get yeah. to play with like the greatest players I've ever played with. Like Malik Monk is having the time of his life out there. Yeah. And it's, you know, it's one of the, you know, as annoyed, as annoying as that game was, like, that is one of the positives. You know, Austin Reeves, I thought was good tonight. I thought Trevor Ariza showed a pulse, you know, for much of that game, which is more than he had, you know, he, I, I think somebody was saying that he was the one that, like, uh, missed the rotation on the Marcus Morris three right at the end. And he was in weird positioning to start. Yeah. Like it was, and so, he didn't need you know, to be that pit, that far pinched in. Yeah. He wasn't perfect, but he showed, I think like more life than he has at any point this season. So that's game, good. Game high plus 14. Yeah. No, he so. came in right when they turned things around was him coming in in Melo's normal rotation spot. They kept mentioning it on the broadcast and it was right. You know, uh, Ariza really helped turn the tide of this game. I thought Dwight was good in the fourth quarter, mm -hmm. uh, but oh, 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 overall, remember AD started this thing. Uh, in in foul trouble, yeah. and and I thought Dwight kept the Lakers in it while AD was was trying to figure out how to play with the. And by the way, look, I hate like complain about the ref guy as much as the next person, especially if your job is to like try to be kind of, you know, somewhat unbiased in this specific regard. But the not called continuation call for THT's yeah. layup, and then. Uh, the foul, the, the shooting foul that they didn't give Dwight uh, when he caught a pass, I, th I forget who it was, but the Clippers all clearly just sworn him to foul to make sure he didn't shoot or get the ball up on the rim. Like, those are two fouls that, uh, two, you know, on, on one of them, fortunately with the THT, when the Lakers got a bucket anyway, you still gave away a point because THT would have been able to shoot a free throw. And then on the Dwight one, the Lakers wind up not scoring. So you have to think that Dwight, in most scenarios, there splits that those free throws, and that's two potential points in a game that the Lakers lost by one. You know. Yeah. But anyway, so, but like, but like no, no, no. It, so that actually, my point is more that like I I really enjoyed Dwight overall, and and I wanted a sidebar and say I'd, 
I didn't think the refs did a very good job in this one. Yeah, and that's fair, but you completely and perfectly sort of led me into the the other point that I wanted to make, you know, as we kind of wrap up talking about this game, was, you know, the Lakers, they leave themselves so little margin for error. Oh, my God. With these, like, very predictable mistakes that they just keep making. They keep, you know, and again, I I understand. That's the point. that the, yeah. it, it's it's the ones that they keep making over and over and over and anybody who is if you're listening to the show my my if you're listening to this if you're listening to a Lakers specific podcast after the Lakers just lose to the Clippers you have probably watched every game this season and you know exactly which mistakes Harrison is about to talk about yeah and so there, there's the stuff that you know is on some level unavoidable right now due to the injuries or just whatever. Like I understand. Look, I get it. Without LeBron, this team is going to be in a rock fight every single night because they just don't quite have enough offensive punch, you know, without him to, you know, uh, clearly, you know, get way out ahead of any team right now and keep a lead and things like that. Like they're just not going to score consistently enough to be able to do that. And so I totally understand that. I understand that, you know, Melo getting hurt tonight and potentially you know set to miss quite a bit you know based on how quickly he immediately motioned out and limped off the floor you know mm. that didn't help it looked like the Lakers were pretty deflated by that coming out of halftime until yeah. Ariza came in and injected some life so like I- I'm not gonna again I understand that there are reasons that this team is losing this game and I've tried to be empathetic and understanding all year of a lot of different things and that people have different basketball perspectives and that, you know, I certainly am not always right. I was very high on this roster and that clearly was very wrong in retrospect. Um, But, you know, there's stuff like, like Kent Bazemore, you know, was trending tonight (laughs) during the second quarter for playing one of the worst shifts. I think you will watch from an NBA player this year. And As the Lakers were apparently trying to audition him for a trade deadline, like salary dump to a team that was like, hey, you know, that guy, look at him. He can ISO for us. You know, we need some scoring. Let's bring Kent Bazemore off the bench. You know, we're, we're a Kent Bazemore away. The Lakers are misusing this guy. And right. it's like, no, it turns out that he has, you know, let's just say not a stellar basketball IQ. I'm not speaking on Kent Bazemore, the person, but he's you erratic. Know. Like he's, you know, yeah. Um, he's do your own research guy, but like, um, <laughs> yes, he was doing his own research on some of those own research on his penetration. So the, basket. yeah. So, so no, you know, can you I, can like I tell that. you like a bat? Can I tell you like a side? <laughs> no, no, no. no I, I want hold on. I want to finish. And, all right. All right. Go ahead. Go you ahead. have stuff like that. And yeah. then you have stuff like, you know, this is the thing that when people are yelling, I, I think both you and I are in a little bit of like the Frank Vogel, I think gets too much blame camp at points this season yeah yeah mm-hmm. so but there's especially who's like, like getting ready to get fired yeah i agree yeah, yeah. and so th- there are there are nights like tonight where you can understand where some of the criticism comes from absolutely where it's like you know there's that there's playing avery bradley as much as he plays him you know mm-hmm. zane's made the graphic like you know coach we just blew a 15 point lead and it's like woo avery bradley got 25 minutes yes hard on ball defense uh <laughs> you know yeah it's there's all these self-inflicted L's and then you go and then in a night specifically like tonight where, okay, you know, Anthony Davis, it has to be the hub of your offense because Russell Westbrook is not that guy anymore. You don't have enough secondary scoring. Otherwise like AD, you were going to sink or swim around how much that you can get out of milking AD mismatches and 
AD scoring and setting him up for success. And they had some good stuff. They got him some lobs. They got him, mm -hmm. you know, I think he was, it seemed like he was emphasizing crashing the glass a little bit more. We had and had fewer a bit just straight up post-ups for AD tonight, which I thought was a nice change. Yes. But on those post-ups, mm -hmm. yeah, it's like, you know, Ty <laughs> Lue, since he has taken over the Clippers, has... You know, I, there's one thing that has stood out to me about how the Clippers have played Anthony Davis. And it's like, we are going to hard double trap the crap out of this guy because we yeah. don't think he's a good enough playmaker to make us play pay. We don't think the Lakers have enough shooting. We don't think that they're going to move the ball as much. Yep. Like, you know, Ty Lue has done this every single time that the Lakers have played the Clippers since, you know, he took over as coach. They probably did a little bit under Doc. I'm not remembering it as much. And, you know, the Lakers were just better that year, so it doesn't stand out as much. But the Laker, the Clippers put AD in hell at one point last year down the stretch. I don't know if you remember that game. It was oh, the, yeah. I think it was the like father's day game or something like that where they got yeah. just like blown off the floor by the clippers and it was mm -hmm. like they just doubled ad every time lakers had no shot i think LeBron he gave them i think he gave ty Lue a father's day gift after that game <laughs> <laughs> you have games like earlier this year where lebron is saying ty Lue was the best coach in the nba all mm. this stuff you know <laughs> you know that ty Lue, if there's one thing that he's going to do on a night yeah. like tonight he's going to try and force anthony davis to be a playmaker so what are the lakers doing every single time the ad has the ball for three quarters absolutely nothing and yeah. it's like, guys, what did you, Ty Lu was so confident about this that he apparently, Reggie Miller mentioned on the broadcast that he told them pregame that this is what he was going to do. <laughs> no, I, it's I like, won. like, what are you, what, what is going on? Like, why, are, why is no one moving? Why is nobody, like, why is no one setting up AD, giving him angles to get, make a kick out and make the Clippers pay for this stuff, you know? Right. And or, they started or, to figure it out by the fourth quarter. I think intuitively, it seemed like AD was finding angles. Russ on that Malik Monk three. Russ had, had a great kind of relocation, get to the basket, find Malik Monk for a three. It's like, there's the stuff you should have been doing They were moving AD. They were, yeah. like, they were moving him. Like, it turns out it's really, it becomes a lot more difficult to guard somebody when when he is in motion or when they are in motion. Like, and, and it's just, it's basketball's like not, that. Basketball's not complicated. Like, this is the part that drives me so crazy watching parts of the Lakers play this year. And so it's stuff like that where, you know, this is why people are mad at this team. And this is why this team drives yeah. people crazy. It's like in the third quarter, it's like, oh, fake comeback incoming. And the Lakers played essentially perfect basketball for an entire quarter and came up one point short because for three quarters, they messed around on offense. Yeah. AD didn't get enough help. They weren't, you know, kind of doing things to try and set him up for success more. He was almost succeeding in spite of what they were doing versus, yeah. you know, like, well, you know, getting rebounds off of his teammates, brick shots, things like that. Like, you know, you have to set him up for success and set him up to set up his teammates more. And, you know, again, I, this is not me pinning this entire loss on Frank Vogel, but it's little stuff. The Lakers are at a talent deficit right now, but the Clippers, you know, I mean, come missing on. their two stars. Yeah. And like, <laughs> like this team was getting led by Marcus Morris and Reggie Jackson down the stretch you should right. have enough to beat this team and because of all these self-inflicted wounds that they insist on dealing themselves every single night they yeah. can play perfect basketball for an entire quarter and it's like oh well maybe if this shot or this could foul or this whatever went different the, the refs blew that call you know how you make that a lot less important is you like do smart things the entire game instead of just only showing up to play in the fourth when yeah. you have to play perfect basketball to even give yourself a chance right and 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 you know like the other, the other thing that I was going to mention, like on top of everything that you were talking about there was that, all right. So when the Lakers made their crazy run, they are 
scrambling defensively. They are getting after it, making everybody, every single Clipper that was on the court, uh, they felt uncomfortable on offense because the Lakers were swarming them defensively. Then you get out and run, and you go on that 12-0 run, and then as soon as you're right back into the game, oh, look, the game slowed down again. And it's just like, you aren't that offensive. You aren't good in the half court. We've known this all season. You're a disaster in the half court. Even sometimes when LeBron is healthy, and especially when he's not, the Lakers need to play more up and down type basketball. Um, and that's when they look at their best because some of those holes in the roster become less, uh, less like clearly holes because like we just saw, all right, we talked about Anthony Davis and, and how in, in stretches of this game, when he was in motion, he becomes more difficult to guard. Well, then extend that out to everybody that is on the Lakers. If everybody is in motion, as in running down the court, literally running down the court in transition, you become more difficult to guard. Again, basketball isn't this is it's not neuroscience that we're talking about here. This is just a, it's a it's a it's a child's game that I think sometimes the Lakers have gotten themselves into some trouble with some overthinking of stuff. All right. We got to get into the half court and Russ has to have the ball in the half court. He has to go into a two-man game with, with Anthony Davis. Even though, by the way, that two-man game with Anthony Davis has been a disaster for basically the entirety of the season, we got to keep hammering that nail and hammering that nail. And 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 instead, like, you know, like you're talking about this approach to the way that they're playing, it does really minimize their margin for error. I do really quickly want to lighten things up before we move on to injury stuff because... Uh, injury stuff is a is going to be a downer. So, full disclosure. But right, sorry, I'm I'm sorry. Really quick, it's just like every the thing is is like every Laker fan, every person that's watched this team closely knew that this was exactly how down the stretch was going to go. They were going to have yeah. a fake comeback to stress all of us out to make everyone rewrite their recap. Might take a lead. And maybe this is why I'm annoyed more than usual tonight. Is that I you was were on, on recap, recap duty, duty huh? Yeah. <laughs> And the last the last two weeks, every time I've had to recap, it's like I have to rewrite the whole it's thing the four same, times, and it's just it's the like same goddamn game, <laughs> you know. Yeah. And it's like, oh, I'm like writing this recap, like blasting the team, and then it's like, oh, they made a comeback, okay, moral victory, you know, whatever. Mm -mm. But then it's like, you know, tonight I was just like, you know, no this, one the moral you can't victory. Keep doing this and keep getting credit for it. It's not. It's not a moral victory. Like again, yeah. You, it's like if I would have told you heading into the season, we would at any point say moral victory at any point this season. What would you have told me, Harrison? The season wow, went. LeBron and Ro Le Le LeBron and AD must have missed the whole year, <laughs> the entirety of the year, <laughs> which is like not that far off. But yeah. Um. All right. LeBron no, I do. AD have missed the whole yeah, year. Yeah. I was gonna say yeah. or or fine or yeah, not or, and but yeah. um. And Russ was a disaster. Anyway, but so to lighten the load here before we move on to Mello and then we move on to what hopefully what seems somewhat optimistic on LeBron though. So when Jen, uh, our living room right now during Lakers season is we have two TVs um, set up side by side. And uh, normally we have the show that she and I are kind of sort of interested in together on on one. And then I watch the Lakers game off to the side on mute or I have my ear, uh, AirPods on in if it isn't a national game. So uh, tonight, Baze is playing, and uh, <laughs> this might be the clip. This might be tonight's clip. So tonight, Baze, uh, you know, it's it's during one of these stretches. It was like right before Jen's like kind of falling in and out of sleep, and she's trying to pay attention to the show that we're watching. <laughs> 
Baze winds up keeping Jen up because every time she like, all right, she's watching. We had, I think, Cobra Kai on on the other one. She's watching Cobra Kai on one, and then she would look over, and it would be like Baze like, dribbling on his knees down the middle of the key. And she was just like, every time she looked over, she just goes, whoa, go, Baze, go. like <laughs> <laughs> Every every time she happened to look over at the TV, Baze is doing some ridiculous yeah, thing. Baze basically tried to invent a new sport in the middle of an NBA game <laughs> he was tonight. Playing and Quidditch. you honestly, you have to respect the audacity of it. Yeah. Like that it takes a level of creativity. And you know, again, he's doing his own research on, you know, ways to change the rules of basketball. <laughs> he was... Like he's trying to invent new strategies on the fly. And look, I credit him for his inventiveness, but yeah. You know, maybe he was watching the Olympics and like watching curling, curling like Charles Barkley earlier mm-hmm. today. And he was like trying to play curling out there. It's like he I, the amount of people I saw Bazemore was trending on Twitter. He was trending. And the amount of people that I saw specifically saying Bazemore is trying to invent a new sport right now. <laughs> let's you know, he was, everything playing, he was playing all the positions of Quidditch, right? Like sometimes he was a chaser. <laughs> sometimes he was a beater. Sometimes he was a keeper. Wait, Sometimes but if he was he's searching for the golden snitch. He's not going to find him because Elo's not on the team anymore. He just keeps grabbing Austin Reeves. Like I caught him, 150 points. <laughs> All right, let's move on. I just had to tell that story because, like Jen's reaction every single time that that she looked at the TV and saw Baysmore doing Baysmore things, it was just amazing. He's incredible. not going to baze less, Anthony. He's not going to baze less. <laughs> Our base he God. was he was trying to like do like Cobra Kai out on the court. Like he was he was inventing mm-hmm. new martial arts and he like all kinds fl- of new stuff. We're doing karate. We're, we're, yeah. we're fighting now. All right, let's go. Um, all right, so let's, he got let's really... he got ten for style points. Okay, you know. <laughs> If this was Space Jam 2, the Lakers would have won by 50. <laughs> oh, man. Baysmore might be like, you know, obviously really disappointing signing and all that. He was supposed to start. He was supposed to be one of the Lakers' better two, two-way players and all that stuff, whatever. But, like, he has become a source of unending hilarity. Every time he steps onto the court, you're like, all right, maybe, just maybe this time. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> maybe is, just maybe this time is the time Bazemore puts in. Nope. <laughs> aesthetically speaking, he is my least favorite Laker to watch, maybe ever, but certainly in a long time. He's up there with like like Brian. Cook. Brian Cook is is always like Mike is always. Yeah, see, like I'm I was too young favorite. to be like really annoyed by Brian Cook. He was just yeah. like kind of there for me. Like that wasn't a guy that no, I spent a lot of time. That thinking. describes the Brian Cook experience. He yeah. was just like there. <laughs> <laughs> He was always open. He was he not a, lot, he was not a guy I spent a lot of time thinking about when I was like eight. I was like, damn, Shaq and Kobe did some cool stuff. Like, yeah. You know, he was I like, was... Tra- for you, it was like, like Travis Knight, right? Travis Knight came into the game and it's like five fouls. Believe it or not, I was not like thinking seconds. about rotations. I was like, damn, Shaq and Kobe are sick. Like that was, <laughs> that was the extent of my basketball analysis it was like, damn, Shaq's really huge. Like, this is cool. Yeah. No, I mean, like for the most part, that's, that was like, the best kind of analysis of that team. All right. Damn, so, Derek Fisher's really bald. That's like, <laughs> damn. Derek Fisher just killed Luis Scola. Fuck <laughs> yeah, yeah. Let's go. I mean, honestly, in high, that was high school me's reaction to it. I was like, you know what? Suspension was worth it. Like, that was awesome. <laughs> I just realized we've done this entire show with the pressure cooker logo in, in, logo in the corner. I can't you even. You know, I was like, going to ask if you changed our logo, but, you know, hey, whatever. It's free advertising. Go on. Check it. Hey. A... 
Hey, this is Harrison Fagan from Silver Screen and Roll here. Check, check out the Pressure Cooker featuring yeah. Anthony Irwin. It's my yeah. favorite TV show. To we watch. had a we had a big ass audience today. Yeah, but for this one. But all right, so let's just wrap up on some some uh, some loose ends here. So Carmelo Anthony uh, exits the game, clearly tweaked his hammy, uh, and it looks like the kind of like normally normally Frank when Vogel a player is going to be reevaluated tomorrow. By the yeah. way, yeah. But normally when you see that kind of an injury and like, I don't want to go like, I don't want to go full, you know, internet doctor or whatever. But normally when you see a player immediately pull himself from a game, it's a two to four weaker. Like that's, that's normally what you're looking at, if not longer, especially given that like, you know, Melo is not young. So yeah. uh, I would, I would anticipate. No, he is, I, I believe he is literally the oldest player in the league. Sounds about right. Yeah, yeah, he's, he's thirty seven. Yeah. I believe he is the oldest. There might no, you don't assess him, but I think he's like I think well, like the actual player. I, like, yeah, like play. You know, you don't assess him's like a player quotation. Yeah, mark. yeah, you don't. You don't assess an NBA person. He's did like, you see, I'm sorry. I'm sorry to take us off on another tangent, but did you see like people were like, oh, Oladipo coming back strong, and it's like he hit a jumper like where he created maybe two inches of separation on on you who can't move. Yeah. Yeah, I saw that. I'm like, oh man, people forget <laughs> Victor Old people as a bucket. It was like that. It's like, it was like Miami Heat beat, right? Like that was the yeah, it was something, the account yeah. was going off like that. All right, so, uh, but yeah, I I would anticipate we'll probably wake up to finding out, or not wake up to, but at some point tomorrow afternoon we'll probably get news that Melo is going to be reevaluated in three ish weeks. Would be my guess. Which is a bummer, man. Yeah, it, I mean, the Lakers do love a Friday news dump, but they also love not giving us any specifics on injuries. So, like, these two like these two habits and these two things that they love so much are really going to collide into each other tomorrow. It's going to be, like, Friday at 9 p.m. and the Lakers are They're not even going to have time to leak that they're Oh, it's going to be an indefinitely thing. I think it's going to yeah, be no, indefinitely. Yeah, no, it's definitely going to be an indefinitely thing. There, there's no way they give a timeline. I, I would bet money on that. Yeah, it's going to be indefinitely, but generally speaking, Or they're speaking, just going to be like, well, he got reevaluated, and who knows. And I'll bring Jen on here, and, and I'm getting, I'm, I'm really, I'm actually really excited about this for, for, for those of you who, who listen every single day, but I'm getting equipment in here that will tidy up some of the lowdown stuff. I record this thing that's like cavernous office that has way too high a ceilings and all of this, and uh, that, that will help with some of that. And I'm getting a second mic so that when I bring Jen on, we aren't like splitting the one mic and taking turns. So I'll bring Jen on here and she'll take us through uh, the, the injuries that I described for her. So I would still anticipate, though, two to four weeks on Mellow, um, depending on, on the severity of it. It could jump to like four to six if it is like I love a, you so you much. Know. You're like, I'm, you're like, I'm going to bring a doctor on later. But anyway, I think probably two to four weeks. Just off I, the top and, of you my know, head. Look, look. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so, I mean, uh, timeline aside, because I don't even want to guess at that, because I'm more journalistically responsible than you, but uh, I, I think... <laughs> I'm not at all, so... <laughs> well, you are the biggest journalist here. You're the one that's always trying to break these stories, you know, that you about things you've heard. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Yeah, so I, I think, you know... I never say where I hear them. I hear them in yeah. my own voices, yeah. Yeah, no, that's, uh, that's a big the, thing to do. You gotta, look, you gotta start adding a league sources. Not, not I've heard, league sources. That's Every single Friday... I go and get donuts, and the person who sells me those donuts is incredibly well tied to Zion Williamson. <laughs> no, I think uh, so. As for as long as Melo is out, yeah. 
And man, no don't, reaction again, to that joke whatsoever. No, none. We no. we don't we don't know about LeBron, but you know, e- even if they both only miss one game in tandem, the Lakers forward situation, if Trevor Ariza is not still alive after that, like you know, he, yeah, he's he, probably he, exhausted. Yeah, he's he's gonna need like three like three weeks off probably too. Yeah. Just he's gonna be really tired after this one. Um, mm-hmm. but yeah, I mean, I, the Lakers forward situation outside of Melo and LeBron is they got Stanley Johnson mm-hmm. and they got Trevor Ariza mm-hmm. and they got inserting DJ back into the rotation so the AD can play the four. Like mm. it's Mm-mm. it's real it's real depressing Mm-mm. if you look at if you just look at guys who can play the four on this roster. It, it's Johnson. And it's Ariza at this point until so LeBron comes back. And for as I, long as Melo's out, I think Johnson can play 30 minutes from there. The concern is like, all right, do you want to bank on Ariza for 18? That's, that's the concern. Yeah. And by the like, way, and for how many games that seems yeah. like a recipe for disaster yeah, that's like, based yeah, on like, what we've seen like, this season. Yeah. I would like to, by the way, like just, I, I don't think we're ever going to see this team fully healthy, but if Mello and Johnson and Ariza are all healthy-ish and they're all available to play, I would like to see more minutes of Johnson and either Ariza or Mello. I just think I just think it gives you the length on the perimeter, the foot speed on the perimeter, and then everything that you're hoping to get from Ariza and or Mello. I yeah the 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 the. Look, we we can only say it so many ways. Those minutes can't go to Avery Bradley. You know, we got to we got to stop this. We got to knock this out. It's either got to go to Reeves or Monk at the two, and Stanley Johnson at the three, with like I just some peppering in of Avery Bradley. It is, you know, there have been a lot of bad things to happen to the Lakers this season. But so this isn't in like the top ten or whatever. But. Avery Bradley getting his contract guaranteed and immediately forgetting how to play basketball is like, like also that's very pretty predictable. tough blow. Yeah. It, it was also very predictable, right? Like, yeah, it was right. Like some I mean, guy who's trying to prove got, that he belongs in the NBA is going to okay, play sure, above. Like he's, you, you think he's like secure for life now? Like after getting this one guy, like you'd think he'd still want to play and prove that he should get a contract next year. Like he might, he might get, he might get a, a, a lifetime guarantee from Frank Vogel. If he hasn't, well, no, cause so Frank's right. not going to be here. So yeah. Yeah. I mean, maybe with his next team, that is like, when we talk about, you know, the nuance in trying to assign blame here, like, look, it, it's impossible to, to try to stand up there and say that Frank Vogel never des- deserves to ever be, in like, might he get fired? Rumors while he continues to 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 rely on Avery Bradley like that. Like again, Anthony, like we've said, we, you and I have maintained this. We've been on top of this story from the beginning that Frank Vogel is at least as blameless as the captain of the Titanic. Okay, so <laughs> as first reported by Sports Illustrated, <laughs> the captain of the Titanic was blameless. That's like. Look, basketball take a two to side. <laughs> Historically speaking, that was a take. <laughs> All right. Um, Scott last Chris Mannix. Like, that is... the captain of a ship is not responsible for it sinking. Like, how could he have seen that iceberg coming? <laughs> he was just driving. <laughs> 
Like that iceberg shouldn't have jumped out of the water and hit him. That <laughs> Chris Mannix is telling him because that that captain right the famously in this case goes is Bradley and Bazemore like <laughs> that captain like famously walks into the into his like captain's quarters right where he literally steers the ship from Chris and he just like lets the water consume him and, and like. Chris would be there at the door. Come here, man. It's not your fault. You did your best. <laughs> All right. <laughs> um, also, like, as I mentioned earlier, there's hope, uh, apparently with LeBron's camp and, and apparently with the Lakers organization that LeBron might be able to play over the weekend. Um, let's all hope so because of the aforementioned wing situation that Harrison just mentioned. Other than that, I think we have this entire game covered. That's going to do it for this episode of the uh, Lakers Lounge. I just looked up at the top right corner, and it said pressure cooker. I almost said pressure cooker, but this was the Lakers Lounge. Oh, are we not doing misfortune of the week this week? Because I have one. Oh, you do? All yeah. right, let's do it. Let's have I had to recap fun. this Lakers game. <laughs> I mean, it's like 15 degrees outside my house right now, and I almost pulled my groin walking outside my front step this morning. So it was almost... You and I could have almost had simultaneous groin injuries. Yeah, I mean, I, you know, there's clearly one Anthony that's a little soft. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> Soft-ass Anthony Irwin. Yeah. All right. <laughs> we'll talk to you guys next week. I'm going to record a lowdown here in a second, and then Aaron and I are going to record a hook tomorrow. Make sure you guys go back and listen to the first episode uh, that Raj and Sabrina did together on Wednesday. I thought that was fantastic. Uh, and I can't wait to see how that, uh, you know, pairing goes uh, moving forward. And then, look, we jump into next week, heading into the trade deadline. I'm sure there's going to be buzz about the lack oh, God, of God, you and I are recording the day of the trade deadline. Oh, man, I'm just, I'm, oh, no. I'm warning you right now, man. Drinks will be next. I'm oh, yeah. warning you right now. Jit Lounge. Yeah. <laughs> so until then, I'm Anthony Irwin. That was Harrison Fagan. We'll talk to you guys next.